Welcome to Bookish Memories. Books are special. They can be the written words of your joy or the comforting hug for your sorrows. So put on your reading glasses, make yourself a nice mug of tea, and come join me down my memory lane full of books. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Bookish Memories. My name is Bethany. I'm from Taipei, Taiwan. I do an English degree and am now in my fifth and final year at university. I spent my last year in Durham, which is a place of northeast England, for my year abroad. Time has taught me so much about myself and helped me to discover my passion for radio. So here I am combining two of my favorite things together. You can surely guess the answer, but they are of course podcasting and reading. Although podcasting came quite late, reading has always been such an important part of my life. I remember that when I was still in primary school on Saturdays, my parents used to take me to this biggest bookshop in Taipei. And I spent the whole afternoon there just reading. And when they came and get me, it usually ended in something like a like a tantrum. Like I've been nagging them to buy the book I didn't manage to finish in that setting. But just so you know, I've always been the bookworm in my class. And for this kind of introductory episode, I thought it'd be quote unquote proper. To talk about the first book that I have the memory of being genuinely fascinated by as a kid, and that is *A Study in Scarlet* by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. For some reason, my reading habits have changed quite drastically over the past few years. I still read detective stories and mystery novels occasionally. But they do take a less significant portion of what I read now. Back then, I was really, I was really into reading works from Japanese authors like Higashino Keigo. You might have heard of the Devotion of Suspect X or Newcomer. Both are written by him. I was reading a manga series called Detective Conan at the time, and the main character of the series. Which took its name from the most famous detective story writer, whom I was yet to come to know. The main character of the series looked up to a certain figure, and I was intrigued by how much aspiration the character draw from this person, and so I looked the name up and went to the school library to check the book out. Once I was down the rabbit hole, there is no turning back. I'm in love with the greatest detective of all time. Even till this day, and that person is, of course, Mr. Sherlock Holmes. My copy of *A Start in Scarlet* is from the collector's library. It is only of pocket size, but a very gorgeous copy. It's got gilt edges, and coincidentally, the cover is of similar shades to *Scarlet Red*. I got it in the Sherlock Holmes Museum in London. I mean. What better place to buy a book of the series than in the museum, made exclusively for fans of it all over the world? Anyway, I'll read the blurb of the novel and anyway, I'll read the blurb of the novel and information about the author to you. 
A study in Scarlet introduced the great scientific detective Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, his friend and chronicler to the reading public. This novel, a cornerstone in the annals of crime fiction, tells of their first meeting and how they set up in rooms together in Baker Street. It is not long before the charismatic sleuth and his faithful companion are plunged into a dramatic mystery which starts with the discovery of a corpse in a deserted house and the letters R-A-C-H-E, scrawled on the wall in blood. Arthur Conan Doyle was born in Edinburgh in 1859. After a rigorous Jesuit education, he trained to become a doctor at Edinburgh University. Eventually, he set up in medical practice in Southie. I'm not sure if whether that is the, the name is pronounced. And during the quiet periods between patients, he turned his hands into writing. Although Sherlock Holmes was Doyle's greatest creation, he believed that his historical novels such as Michael Clock and The White Company were of greater literary quality. He also created the irascible Professor Challenger in The Lost World and a comic French soldier Brigadier Gerald. Doyle was knighted in 1902. Towards the end of his life, he devoted much of his time to his belief in spiritualism, using writing as a means of providing funds to support his activities in the ville, and he died in 1930. Sherlock Holmes was kind of my hero when I was younger. He's very scientific and analytical, and thus presented to me as this kind of stoic person. I'm not sure if it's the right word to use, but like, to my younger self, he was a person much in control of himself. For his profession, he can put his expertise to use, and can use his intelligence in perfect accordance to his will. Like, he's very sure of himself. He knows his likes and dislikes. He has certain passions he pursues, like playing the violin. He does sports and is very good at it. And his mind is so brilliant and unlike any other. For my younger self, those were the things that I was drawn to. The reason, I think, is because I came across him while I was still building and growing my own characters. I was... I was, I think I was about 10, and those were the times where I was just starting to explore my identities to figure out my place in the world, and he was just complete contrary to who I was. I mean, to be fair, who I am now as well. But, um, and so I think that was the reason I looked up to him, like, how my peers would look up, you know, to say I'm a K-pop star. Because I wanted to see what was outside my personality and see if I could change myself in any way. I guess this is also partially the reason why I am so drawn to the reading experience itself. Seeing people who are different from you and learning from them, building your uh, toolkit to survive in this world which may not feel like it's made for you. This could be about personalities and natures of a person, but it can also be what people have gone through in life. Because, because whether it is this bubbly feeling of tipsy happiness you have on a sunny day afternoon when you go on a walk in the park, or 
the immense turmoil when you lose someone very dear to you. All of this has been set in stories. Someone else has gone through it all, and it doesn't really matter that much whether it is fictional or not, I think. I mean, you don't necessarily need someone to tell you what to do when you're in a good mood. But to have someone as an example to tell you that all pain would be diminished by time is a source of hope to hold on to and and believe in this notion that one day you will leave the darkness and walk into light. So back to Novel, as much as I was saying how much his brilliant intelligence and self-control impressed me, funnily enough what I recall the most clearly from this novel is this. Dr. Watson, Mr. Sherlock Holmes, says Stamford, introducing us. How are you? He says cordially, gripping my hand with a strength for which I should hardly have given him credit. You have been, you have been in Afghanistan, I perceive. How on earth did you know that? I ask in astonishment. Never mind, said he, chuckling to himself. The question now is about hemoglobin. No doubt you see the significance of this discovery of mine. It is interesting, chemically, no doubt, I answered, but practically, why, man? It is the most practical med medical legal discovery for years. Don't you see that it gives us an infallible test for blood stains? Come over here now. He seized me by the coat sleeve in his eagerness and drew me over to the table at which he had been working. Let us have some fresh blood, he said digging a long bodkin into his finger and drawing off the resulting drop of blood in a chemical pipette. Now, I add this small quantity of blood into a litre of water. You perceive that the resulting mixture has the appearance of pure water. The proportion of blood cannot be more than one in a million. I have no doubt, however, that we shall be able to obtain the characteristic reaction. As he spoke, he threw into the vessel a few white crystals and then add some drops of transparent fluid. In an instant, the contents assumed a dull mahogany colour and a brownish dust was precipitated to the bottom of the glass jar. Ha ha! he cried, clapping his hands and looking as delighted as a child with a new toy. What do you think of that? It seems to be a very delicate test, I remarked. Beautiful, beautiful. The old Guancam test was very clumsy and uncertain. So is the microscopic examination for blood corpuscles. The latter is valueless if the stains are a few hours old. Now, this appears to act as well whether the blood is old or new, had this test been invented. There are hundreds of men now walking the earth who would long ago have paid the penalty of their crimes. Indeed, I murmured. Criminal cases are continually hindering upon that one point. A man is suspected of a crime months perhaps after he has been committed. His linen or clothes are examined and brownish stains covered upon them. Are they blood stains, or mud stains, or rust stains, or fruit stains, or what are they? That is a question which has puzzled many an expert. And why? Because there was no reliable test. Now we have the Sherlock Holmes test, and there will no longer be any difficulty. His eyes fairly glittered as he spoke and he put his hand over his heart and bowed as if to someone applauding crowd conjured up by his imagination.
This is this is a very tiny piece from the opening chapter of Mr. Sherlock Holmes, and I think this brings up back to the issue of what you can see in the story. Yes, I might have been drawn to opposite qualities in him that ignites a sort of desire in me to become like him, but also I can see myself in this character, and I think it's this sort of resonating and seeing yourself in a story that helps me to become the person who I am today. I draw so many experiences from all the books I've read so far and it has helped me, you know, get through difficulties in life and um, point out, sort of point out a way to me to see that, you know, everything's gonna be alright one day and draw sort of learning from the failures or other stories all the characters have been through and I think that is what fascinates me about reading and the reading alone is kind of lonely if you see it that way but I think if you share it with other people if you tell other people about what you've learned about this book about about what you've learned from a certain book and that is what I see most joyous, joyous about the reading experience and that is why I created this podcast is to have a platform not only to for me to rent about like like having a place where I can safely show my nerdy side the nerdy side of my character but also to create a safe place for anyone who loves reading and might, ha- might not have been appreciated by people around them for doing so. Also a place to look back on the things that have influenced me and and also a place for people out there who also love reading and can share this experience of you know rediscovering yourself uh, just by looking back at the reads you enjoy as a child or you know just maybe a book that you read a book you've read you've read yesterday i think that is the beauty in reading is to be looking is to be seeing someone else you know it could be fictional do something and then you can come back and reflect upon yourself and know more about yourself Thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you want to know more about the book that I talked about, follow me on Instagram at bookish.memories. All letters are lowercases. Now put on your reading glasses, maybe make yourself a nice mug of tea, and enjoy your next good read.